Hey friends, welcome to this episode of Q on Q. Wow, what a response to our last episode, part one in the Relationships series. Thank you to all those who have reached out, who have provided encouragement, and who have tried some of the things I've suggested. So let's review a little bit of what we talked about last time. Our last episode gave a brief introduction to the series, but mostly focused on authenticity in relationships. God designed us for relationships. We're called to connect with and encourage each other. Regardless of what type of relationship you have, friends, family, work, or something more, we all long for healthy, supportive, interdependent relationships. And in this craving, we all look for something more than what we might call superficial or surface level. We crave authenticity. Authenticity is key to any relationship thriving. It allows us to reveal our true selves. It fosters trust, acceptance, and understanding between each other. It creates openness and emotional intimacy no matter what type of relationship it is. Authenticity in relationships occurs when people are honest and genuine with each other. And I shared many keys to making a relationship authentic, from two-way communication to allowing yourself to be vulnerable and much more. If you have not checked it out, I encourage you to do so. But for today, I'm going to be sharing about your village and who the people that are or should be closest to you. If you've been a longtime listener, you've probably heard me mention the term circle of friends or inner circle. You know, those people who do things as a group and the few that are so close to you, you literally share anything and everything with them. Some people's circles are very wide, including tons of different people with which they relate in many different settings. And some people's circles are very small. I have a very large social circle by way of the many experiences I've had in my life and the people and groups I've been able to make connections with. I have friends who are young, friends who are older, friends who are still in school, friends who work on the front lines, friends who are corporate CEOs, friends who live close, friends who live far away. And whether your circle is large or small, it's less about how large your circle is and more about who is in it. For today, I'd like to talk about your village. I'm going to use this term to mean more than just a set of friends or acquaintances. It's those friends, neighbors, extended family, and acquaintances who, whether it's intentional or not, help us in so many ways. You've probably heard the old phrase, it takes a village to raise a child, referring to the support systems many parents have in helping to raise their kids, from teachers to relatives to church members and so on. Well, the truth is that all of us have and really need a village, and we develop our relationships from the people in our village. In a world that focuses so much on likes, shares, and followers, it's easy to feel we have to be best friends with everybody to impress so many people for the trap on focusing on quantity. So many people are chasing for numbers and seeking validation from as many people as possible. That being said, both the quantity and quality of your relationships have a huge impact on your life. You can have a successful career, lots of money, and good health, but if you don't have supportive and meaningful relationships, your life will be missing something. A wise man once said to me, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. In fact, it could be said, show me your five best friends and I'll show you your next five years. Sometimes we allow people in our lives and relationships to exist because we're afraid of hurting feelings. We're afraid of letting go of friendships just because we've been friends for so long, even if they're toxic to us. 
We're afraid of family members becoming distant because, I mean, they're family members, right? I can't tell you how many teenagers I see go back to someone over and over again, despite them literally being stabbed in the back, talked about, and walked all over time and time again. Well, the truth is that you can't change what you fail to confront. You can't alter what you're willing to let go of. Hard decisions now lead you to better decisions later. I'm fully convinced that God puts people in our lives for a reason and for a season. What's important and perhaps the most difficult realization is to recognize when the season is over. Too many times I fear we crave validation and familiarity and drag things and people from one season to another. Think of it like putting bags of snow in your freezer when spring comes because you want to hold on to those warm, fuzzy feelings of a chilly winter day. Well, the people we have in our village often have an influence on us. They can alter what we do with our time, our feelings, our money, our emotional investments. As the old saying goes, you are the company you keep. So if you reflected on it, who would you say is in your village? If you were to sit down and make a list of all of the people who you'd say are a part of your village, who would be on the list? You know, sometimes it's necessary for us to do that, and it sounds kind of silly. You want me to sit down and write out my list of friends or the people closest to me? Well, who would be the people that you would say are an important, integral, effective, and necessary part of your support system? You might be thinking of a super large list, but I would challenge you to write it down. Because when you take it from mind to paper, suddenly the list doesn't look so big. The reason is, we tend to leave off the people that, how should I say it, aren't really there for us, or the ones who maybe are, but are constantly steering us in the wrong direction. I said before, it's not all about the quantity. It's like the old story of the oxen pulling the yoke. You wouldn't put a strong ox with a weak ox because they'd never pull in a straight line. Sometimes they go in circles, and sometimes they just spin around. A strong ox will just pull a weak ox along, and the weak ox will affect what the strong one can do. Now, please don't misinterpret what I'm saying here. I'm not saying that strong, healthy people can't be good influences on someone who needs them. It's true that this type of shepherding is necessary for growth in many lives. But how many of us who are in the position of strength, of growing, of moving forward, allow ourselves to be tied to held back, and spin in circles with those who hold us back. None of us want to be the victim. We want to be the victors. So take a look at your list. Who are the people in your village? And now, how many of those people will speak to your future? How do you connect with, relate with the people in your village? What types of relationships do you have? Are there strong ones, weak ones, necessary ones? fluff ones. We attract who we are and what we think. We don't need people to enable negativity and apathy in our lives. We need people to empower us, to enable us to believe that we can and will be more. Proverbs 13.20 says this in the New Living Translation, walk with the wise and become wise, associate with fools and get in trouble. Having the right people in your life comes down to a decision. It's a decision not just for yourself and your future, but those around you. God didn't call you to be a prisoner to relationships and friendships that hold you back. It's time for us to be intentional about those closest to us. As I said earlier, the people in your village don't all have to be your best friends, 
but those people matter. What about the people who share the same passions with you? You know, your go-to people that share your interests, whether it's fitness, musicals, food, coffee, or whatever. This type of friendship feeds your soul and helps you establish your identity. Well, what about the people who you can just sit with, enjoy a cup of coffee, and talk about life? Whether you're a parent and talking to a fellow parent or just someone close to your age or a mentor or something else, taking that time and just being able to, you know, talk is not only healthy for you, but necessary. These friendships sometimes help us put things into perspective. For parents of young kids, what about playdate connections? Maybe the same as our coffee talks from before, just while the kids enjoy making their own connections. You get to chat and enjoy the company of another adult who just gets it. (laughs) So you've reflected on your village. Who are the people that you have a deep enough connection with that they belong in that inner circle? Or do you have someone there and want to cultivate that type of relationship? Perhaps most importantly, your village should be full of people who create a supportive, positive environment. But please understand, building your village absolutely cannot be done without you being okay with being vulnerable. And these are the people who we tend to be closest with, the ones that are part of our inner circle, as you might call it. I shared a lot about this last week. Think back to the people who are closest to you. It's likely that your deepest connections are with the people who have been with you through some stuff. Makes sense, right? Vulnerability is required when sharing intense, strange, or even tough situations with others. Opening your heart allows space for someone else's warmth and love to seep in. Through vulnerability, you can connect with someone more deeply in a matter of minutes and have it turn into something that can last years. People who know me personally might find this hard to believe, but I haven't always been good at making friends. When I was a kid and into my teen years, I talked to people. I tried to be the class clown, um, but I haven't always been good at making friends. Um, I mean, even while performing on stage, going to all-state choir, I, I never really liked to share too much with other people. Well, that changed in college. Maybe I tried a little too hard at times. (laughs) Um, Still was known as the comedian in my group. But, you know, I've made some very, very great connections through some common interests. And the people that have been my closest friends are a lot of those people. I've been hyper aware of the size of my circle of friends. There were times when, very honestly, I clung to hopes of lifelong friendships with anyone who showed mild interest in hanging out with me. I had a knack for quickly forming deep bonds with people, or at least I thought I did on my side. But I found as I've gotten older, this might be thinking I'd meet so many new people and have so many new social circles, my circle of super close friends actually became smaller and has shifted as seasons of life have changed. And contrary to what my younger self thought, that wasn't a bad thing. There's no doubt that once someone decides to start having a family, their priorities shift and spare time diminishes. And it's harder to hang out with friends when you have so many responsibilities, especially when you're not at the same point in your life as someone else. But aside from the logistical reasons, your inner circle might decrease in size because of more meaningful, positive reasons. Let's look at it this way. Your wider social circle probably includes hundreds of friends and family members. You know, the people you would invite to that once-in-a-lifetime wedding event and maybe see at a reunion or rare event. 
the slightly tighter social circle might get invited to your kids' birthday parties or an anniversary party or get notified when a family member is retiring from work or maybe you hang out with them at the park or a church potluck. And then the core starts to take shape. I'm talking about the people you'd invite over for dinner, the family you make plans to go to the movies with, the people who you can call on if you have an emergency and need your kids to be watched, those who know your family well, but maybe don't necessarily know everything. So how much tighter can your circles get? Well, I'd say the innermost circle is reserved for those shoulder-to-cry-on relationships, the ones that when you just need to blow off steam, they'll listen, give advice, and encourage you. And you'll listen, and you'll still be friends. They're the ones that you may not always agree with, but the ones where your bond is stronger than any disagreement. They're the ones who will drop everything to support you when your world is falling apart or celebrate with you when something wonderful happens. They're the people who you just know you can talk to and count on all the time. Of course, we all have our person, whether it's our spouse or lifelong best friend or a confidant, but I want you to think about something for a moment. Just how important is that tightest circle for you, those four five, or however many people, what would your life be like if they were not there? For those moments we need people the most, it's just not realistic or enjoyable to do it all by ourselves, and if anything, it's lonely. The need for connection and belonging comes from a place deep down within ourselves. Have you ever seen a friend struggling and gotten the urge to do something but didn't know how? Well, that's the feeling I'm talking about. You know, when people yearn to help one another and want to help you. That is a lot of how you can define your inner circle or that inner group closest to you. Because the people closest to you have a tendency to change in life based on your family grouping, location, ability to communicate, being at the same place in life as others. But the thing we must realize is that God puts people in our paths for us to have meaningful relationships with. God gives us people for the right time, for the right season, for the right reason. We must not be afraid to find our people, both those in our village who will be our support system and those who belong in the middle, our closest people. You need to be able to choose the right people to be a part of your circle of influence. You want to surround yourself with people that will make you better instead of holding you back. I like to think of it this way. It's not always about how you become something better or how you become successful or how you get out of a situation, but it's more important to focus on who you're becoming successful or better or coming out of with. Your inner circle should be occupied by people that add value to your life and will help you grow and succeed. For you, that might be a mentor, people who have already been on the journey that you're setting out on. There are people that can advise you and direct you while you're on your journey. Your circle maybe includes builders, you know, the people who will build and encourage you, not tear you down. Those people aren't afraid to keep it real with you. I've said this before, but I just love the quote by Tim Ferriss that says this, you are the average of the five people you associate with the most. Listen to that again. You are the average of the five people you associate with the most. Yearn for God's calling on your life, and the people in your village will come across your path. 
Likewise, when you're genuinely seeking where and what God has for you, the people who need to be in that inner circle will be right in front of you. It's up to you to decide to make those connections. When you do, you'll find their benefits will be long-lasting, their inspiration will be life-changing, and their support will be indescribable. I pray this week that you are able to identify your village. I challenge you to write it down, like I said earlier. And I hope that you can identify just who those people are that belong in your inner group. I hope you'll find that the importance of the village support system and the even higher importance of your inner group are things in your life that become the relationships that foster trust, respect, and being real. Now, before we go for this week, I want you to hear me out for a minute. I've talked for these past two episodes about the importance of relationships and our need to be vulnerable in them and how important our village and closest friends can be. Well, next week, I'm going to wrap up this three-part series by talking about boundaries in relationships, why it's important to keep your person as your person, why it's important to keep that inner group right where they are, and what you can do in your relationships with others to make sure they are healthy and have the potential to be long-lasting. I hope you will check it out, and if you've learned something new or were inspired by this episode, please give it a share. You never know who just may need to hear it. Well, friends, it's been great being with you again. As always, I really do appreciate you tuning in this week, and we'll see you back here next time when we'll have more for you on cue.